Okay, so we know that we have Haga Purim coming up. Purim is one of the greatest holidays that we have for us, very important, Yaltif. Because the whole miracle of Purim took place in Galut. When the Jewish people were experiencing something that was very difficult for them. They had the Bet HaMikdash for hundreds of years. They were close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then they get exiled. First they go into the exile of Babel. And then that transfers over into the exile of Paras Umadai. They're at a very low state in their lives. It's what we call Hester Panim. A time where Hashem Kaviyochel is hiding his face. So it's a very difficult time the Jews are going through. And this revelation of the miracle of Purim gave them so much chizuk, gave them so much strength in the darkness. So that's why this Yontiv is very, very, for us, very identifiable. We can identify with it. We can, we can relate to it. Because we also live in the depth of the Galut, over 2,000 years since the destruction of the second Beit HaMikdash. We're all anticipating Mashiach. So we could use this Chizuk as well, and we'll try to make it a little bit relatable. We also see something very unique about this Yom Tov. The level of Simcha that the Chazal tell us we have to reach is very different than the level of Simcha we have to reach on other holidays. It's a mitzvah de'oraita on all the holidays. V'samachta b'chagecha, you have to be happy. But the level of Simcha that's required in a regular holiday doesn't come close to the Mishteh V'Simcha that we have to reach on Purim. On Purim, it's uh, Chazal say, Shuchan Aruch, Chayiv Inish Lebesume, Bepurya Adilo Yada, not for your age, but one day you'll be able to see Mekayim that mitzvah. <laughs> but the point is, that a person has to reach a level of tremendous simcha. There's obviously something deep here. There's something special here. There's something unique over here. If it was only that the Jewish people lives were in danger and they got saved, that would be one level. But something much deeper than that took place. It's what we call the destruction of evil. The bitul hara. Amalek's destruction and that the tzaddikim were elevated to a very high level. They were made the Mishnah Lamelech. So it was a turnaround, big turnaround. That big turnaround, that revelation, that clarity of what life is all about, what a Jew is all about, what the purpose of life is all about. The emptiness in the world around you, that depth, that depth of clarity that became revealed is why we're being very Sameach. So obviously, this is very deep sugya. And I don't want to get too philosophical. 
and I don't have an hour to go through the whole philosophical part and then bring it down to us. I want to try to at least say one point that maybe we could all walk away with. Okay? And that's as follows. The Jewish people were in exile for 70 years. The Nabi says after 70 years, you're going to go out of exile. They made calculations. And they believed that the 70 years were finished. And they should have went out of exile. But they didn't. Ahasuerus was so confident that Hashem forgot about the Jews. He's done with them. That he went and he made a party. And he took the kelim. He took the vessels of the holy Beit HaMikdash. He took the clothing of the Kohen Gadol. And he made a party with it. And he invited the Jews to the party. Now, the Jews not only went to the party. It says in Chazal, Nehne. They had Hana'ah from the party. What does that mean they had Hana'ah from the party? We know Chazal tells us they ate kosher. And if it's kosher food, you're allowed to eat kosher food. And kosher food can taste good. That's not a taina. What's the nene? What are they nene from the Sud of Akashverish? Nene over here in Chazal means they were actually affected by the environment of the party. That, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu hid his face from them. He's not involved in their lives anymore. They're, so to speak, in the hands of this king. Their fate is in the hands of this king. And if this king, this powerful king of 127 Medinot, invites them to a party, that means that they found some favor in his eyes. And they're in a safe place. The nene from the chashivut, from the respect that the king gave them. And they're in good standing with him. That means that to some degree they stopped to rely on Hashem. And they were relying on the king that was sitting in front of them. And that was a big mistake. For the Jewish people. Because in other words, I'm going to explain it in these words and show you how that relates to us. They came to a level of what we call Yehush. Yehush means that you give up. There's no point anymore. I can't change. I am who I am. I can't do any avodah anymore. That's called Yehush. When a Jewish person reaches Yehush, then there's no hope for him. This is what Chazda is in the Svarim, it says. Yehush is the Sha'ar Hanun, Sha'ar Hamishi, the 50th Hamishi of Tum'ah. It's when you reach the point of Yehush. In English you would call it probably depression, or a lack of motivation. Where you don't any longer feel that you can change, that you will change. You no longer have the drive because it's all over. This is what the Jewish people experienced in Egypt, the Ramban says. 
Moshe Rabbeinu comes to the Jews and he says, Hashem's going to take you out of Egypt. They couldn't accept that they have any future. What was holding the Jewish people together in Egypt all those years? Why did they change their names? Why did they change their clothing? Why? What what would they have over there? Why did they change their language and their names and their clothing? Why not? Because they believed that there will be a redemption. They believed that they're going to be the chosen nation. They believed they are not Egyptian. They're Jewish. And they're going to be the Am Hashem. They believed that. So that was the driving force that kept them going, that there's a plan and purpose and creation, and they are part of the plan. And no matter what it looks like around you, it's going to happen. So that gives you what? That belief, that emuna. What does that give you? It gives you avodah. It gives you work to do. It gives them avodah Hashem to do. Because there's hope. Because we're going somewhere. Because the world has a plan and purpose. The minute they hit what we call the Shah Nun, the mission is not going to happen. It's not happening. We can't do it anymore. Then what happens? Hashem has to take them out of Egypt right away. Because once you lost your belief that something can be done, and you have value, and you got to make your work, then you're finished. There's nothing we can do. So the Jewish people, to some degree, in the time of Purim, hit this level of Yehush, Nehne, Mesudas HaChashverosh. They hit that level. And the morale says, not to say it too deep, but the morale says, that when the Haman made the Gizerah on them, it was considered like they died. And the only way they were able to get out was through something called Tehiyat HaMetim. They actually experienced Tehiyat HaMetim. Meaning, what does it mean you die? The guy's walking around, his heart's beating. That means he experienced spiritual death that there's no more avodah to do. There's no purpose anymore. The whole plan and purpose, the whole specialty of Klai Yisrael, the whole reason why we're here is over. So if it's over, then we have no reason to live. Because that's what we came to the planet for. So the Gezerah was warranted. Die. They should die. Hashem had to revive them. Spiritually. Give them another perspective. A new perspective on life. That no, the Avodah is still here. The mission is still here. We're still going to go out of Galut. There's still work that needs to be done. By this new revelation, giving them a new life, a new perspective. That's equivalent to Tchias Hamais. You understand? So we have to understand this as well. We go in the world around us, okay? The world around us has a very different message than what we're told here in Yeshiva. And it's very important you to know that because first of all, you have to respect what you're studying in here. Because you're still young. And when you're young, you have your parents to give you some direction, some morals, some mesorah. 
you have your yeshiva, you have your rabbis, but then you're going to get older. And when you get older, you're going to be independent. And you're going to be on your own. And you're going to have to face life as it is. And you're going to have to make a living. And you're going to have to get married. And you're going to have to raise children. You're on your own. You need to have kerim. You need to have direction. You need to have skills. You have to take what you got educated with and go in the world with it. So this is the time that you need to build yourself. It's a very important time to build yourself. And you have to know that your struggles that you go through with now is to help you acquire the skills you need to live life. For example, if you're struggling with something that's, let's say, related to an area that requires self-control. You have a tiger, and you require self-control. But you're little, you're young, you didn't experience that pain of self-control. Teaching yourself how to say no to something. It's dangerous for you. It's non-productive for you. It's a painful thing. Self-control is a painful thing. So you're acquiring that skill in a miniature way with the problems that you have now with all the help of your rabbis and your parents to give you that concept of self-control. But then when you're going to get big... You're going to have to have self-control on a much deeper level. And at that point in time in your life, no father, no mother, no rabbi. It's all you. But if you practiced it, if you learned it, if you internalized it, then you have it. And you'll have it for life. Doesn't mean it'll be easy, but you'll have what to work with. That means our Jewish perspective is always, we're on a road to greatness. We're on a road to perfection. Every part of our life is connected with the next part of life. We have Avodah. When we have Avodah means we're going somewhere with our lives. Our lives are not random. Right now it happens to be I'm going through this and this and this. It's not random. The thing that you're going through this and this and this is connected with your entire life and your entire life mission. Nothing's random. We're all part of a tahalich of growth towards a certain perfection. And in the bigger sense, Klai Israel is on a road to a certain perfection to bring Mashiach, right? Bigger. We're part of something. And we're learning the skills of it. And we're growing from it. That's what life's all about. The minute you say, I can't do this. I can't change. Learning is not for me. I look out the window and I see guys, they look pretty good. They even look religious to some degree. But they're not sitting in front of a Gemara trying to figure out a Tosafot and they look good. You know what? I'll be that guy. I'll be good. I'm fine. I'm good. We become complacent. We become satisfied where we're at. We don't believe we can grow. We don't believe we can become better. We don't believe we could change. That's called the Shah Nun. When you hit a point where you took your whole value, you have to understand your value. You're a very valuable person. If you weren't valuable, you wouldn't be put in this world. If you weren't valuable, you wouldn't be placed in Kali Israel. 
That means you have a future. You belong to Klai Israel. You're going to do something for the mission. You have value. But the moment you think you don't have value, I'm just a regular guy. I want to play, play ball, play video games, whatever you do. I just want to chill, whatever you could, however language you want to say it in, and whatever terminology you want to use. But you took yourself from being a great person and you made yourself into a nothing. And you were miyayish and you gave up of ever becoming the person that you were created to become. And that's what happens to us. We get into this mode of use. But the mode of the use comes from the world around us. Because the world around us has a completely different message than what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, work on your midot. Be a giving person. Look out the window. Nobody's a giver. Everybody's a taker. Call the alim gavar. You know what that means? Whoever's more tough, whoever's more tenacious, is successful. They teach you what's called success. What's called life. What's the American dream? They have a whole story out there of what everything is about. But then you go to yeshiva and you go home and you hear something else. You have to work on your character trait. You have to work on your rachamayim. You have to learn how to pray. You have to have self-control. So now you're faced with what we call a certain dissonance. You know what dissonance means in English? It's like a steering, you're under pressure. There's a piece of you that wants everything that's there, and then there's a neshama in you that wants this. So you have what we call dissonance. Right? So, if you're doing alright in yeshiva, and it's working for you, and everything's going good, so you get confidence, I can do this. But then you run into struggles. As you get older, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, first year was you know, as you start to mature, you start to face more struggles. And then the dissonance becomes hard. And then you say, not for me. That's Yush. That's what Purim's about. We gotta get out of the Yush. In Purim we can see that no matter what you are holding, no matter where you're holding, Hashem will never forsake you. No matter what. Will not forsake you no matter what. And if Hashem still doesn't forsake you, and He's there, that means He's there for you in your struggles as well. And He'll help you. You just can't give up. Because you're important. No matter how much it looks like the mission is a failure. How many religious Jews are there in the world? How many very religious Jews are there in the world? Not too many. The world is going backwards. I don't know what you want to call it. The world is going nuts. The amount of problems that young people are facing today, forget about religion. Being normal. That's a rare thing today. The amount of garbage that's out there. It's infiltrating into the minds and the hearts of the youth like no one's business. So you face big challenges. And it looks like there's no hope. You know what? Just be like everybody else. Go with society. So you have to remind yourself about Purim. 
Purim reminds you that uh, there's a lot of hope. The mission is very, very strong. And all that it looks like is bad is actually building you. You know why? Because there hasn't been holier nishamot, stronger nishamot in the history of the world than the guy sitting in the room right here, right now. And you know what the proof to that is? Because the test has never been as bad. So that means only the most special people who could grow into these circumstances are the neshamot that are picked to be in this world. Because if you're not built for this, you ain't coming here. So if you're sitting here, that means you're built for it. If you're built for it, it means you're going to reach it. But you have to be patient. You have to endure the process. You have to believe that Hashem will help you pull through. That's the Simcha of Purim. Purim is, Hashem is with us. He will not forsake us. The mission is there. The Tzadikim will prevail. The Nishaim, they'll expose their ugliness. As it's happening today. The guy is a politician with a suit and tie talking all nice. But you know that the guy is full of baloney, you know? They're seeing a lot of things going on that we never saw in the history of the world in American politics and journalism and everything. Even the Goyim are recognizing the decay of the Ra, which will ultimately expose itself, okay? And we're part of that. So every person has to think about this. What I'm telling you, life can get hard sometimes. All types of hardships. There's hardships of Midot. There's hardships sometimes in our house. There's hardships. There's hardships. Life is full of hardships. And some of those hardships make you want to give up. Maybe you'll survive. Or if I be a certain person, I'll be okay. I don't have to deal with it. So if I say that learning is not so important, then I don't have to deal with it. Right? Right now i got to deal with it. Because I believe learning is important. But I don't enjoy it. It's difficult. Da da da. I gotta deal with that problem. So I say, you know what? I don't want to deal with that problem. So you know what? I'll just say, learning's not important. Then I don't have to deal with it, right? Magic. Problem goes away. But it doesn't. Because you really have to grow. So this is the chizuk that we have to do. And you have to hold on to your rabbis as much as possible. Because they'll guide you. They'll care about you. They'll tell you things that you may not understand right away. Maybe difficult for you to understand. There's things you want to do, and they're telling you not to do it. But if you have a good relationship with them, and you understand that they love you and they care about you, and they're a drop older than you, and they may see life from a different perspective, that will help you. And on Purim, it says, Kola poshet yad Anybody who sticks out his hand to Hashem, he answers him. Special day. You have problems? Talk to Hashem on Purim. It'll help you. It's not going to be a magic trick. You're not going to get up tomorrow and say, wow, now all of a sudden everything is great. Learning is awesome. But he'll answer you and he'll send the proper people to ultimately help you with the problem. So you may not see it openly. Open miracles you may not see. But he'll answer you. Okay? So Bezat Hashem, so all continue to grow and have a beautiful Purim. What